to me, okay, to me. Ultimately, martial art means honestly expressing yourself. Now, it is very difficult to do. I mean, it is, it is easy for me to put on a show and be cocky yeah. and be flooded with a cocky feeling and then yeah. feel like pretty cool and all that. Or I can make all kinds of phony things, you see what I mean? Blinded by it. Or I can show you some really fancy movement. But to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, not that, my friend, is very hard to do and you have to train you have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it it's there the expression of the human body i mean the f everything i mean you know not just the hand and when you're talking about combat well i mean if, if it if it is a sport now now you're talking about something else you have regulations yeah. you have rules but when you're talking about fighting as it is oh, rules. with no rules no, no fighting. well then baby you better train every part of your body I'm not surprised, mother... I'm not impressed by your performance. What's up? Where you at, George? I like Big Dumb McCartney pulling me about, folks. That's how I like to roll. You feel me? Nobody gonna take this bad. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm proud of fighting with you. How are you? Don't bring the dog out of me. I'm the man of the hour, Joe. Too sweet to be sour. What you see is what you get, and what you don't is better yet. I fight for the fans. I wanted to keep fighting as long as it took, and I wanted to win this title. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. I did it. I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Running water never grows stale, so you gotta just keep on flowing. Welcome back, Penn Nation. It's Wednesday, and tonight we have another kick-ass show lined up for you. Of course, this is BJPenn.com Radio. Each and every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, we are the Fighter's Voice, the voice of the fans, and as always, guys, I'm your host, Kinch. As I said, great lineup of guests, lots of news to get into, but before we do that, like I tell you guys each and every week, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news is your premier source for all the latest and greatest and the sport you love of mixed martial arts. All the hot topics, breaking news, fight announcements, viral videos, instructional videos, very cool stuff. Make sure you guys check those out. If it's newsworthy, if you need to know about it, and it's mixed martial arts related, combat related for that matter, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. We've got you covered, guys. We're the largest independently owned and operated MMA news site out there today. Nobody else can say that. And we continue to grind each and every day to give you guys the best and greatest and most important news from each day in mixed martial arts. We've got a kick-ass team. Shout out to all those guys working hard every day to keep you guys up to date. We love you for that, Penn Nation. All of the support that you've given us along the way, continue to do so, and we will not disappoint. So that being said, tonight's lineup, three, three great guests, 
all of which have an upcoming fight, some sooner rather than later. But kicking off tonight's show, round 8.15, had him on the show here a few times, great guy to speak with, entertaining fighter, a model on the side, very dashing gentleman indeed, no homo. Fighting at UFC Fight Night 114 in Mexico City. Of course, I'm talking about the Brahma Alan Joban. He'll be taking on Nico Price. And uh, he's looking to get back in the win column, you know, following the tough loss to uh, Gunnar Nelson. Uh, Alan is, is focused on getting back in the win column and continuing to climb the ranks and put himself where he thinks he deserves to be, which is in that top 10, top 5, and potentially challenge for a title one day. As I've mentioned, great guy to talk to. Always a good conversation with Alan. Uh, he'll be kicking things off with us here in just a moment. Well, 10 minutes, rather. Coming up at 8.15. Our second guest of the evening. Round 8.40 or so. The biggest man in the UFC. Truly a man with a nickname that, that suits him well. He's got a fight coming up at UFC Fight Night 115 in Rotterdam, the Netherlands. And, of course, he'll be headlining that event. Of course, I'm talking about the skyscraper, Stefan Struve. Be taking on Alexander Volkov in Rotterdam on, I believe it's September. Oh, I should know this. September 6th or something like that. 16th, maybe. Anyway, don't quote me on that. Nonetheless, big fight for, for Stefan. Volkov, been around the game a long time. Not necessarily well-known for the common fan, but hardcore fans know who Volkov is. Dangerous opponent. And Stefan really feels like he's coming, to his, coming into his own now. Not only as a martial artist, as a man, but you know, really as well filling into his frame. You know, He started this, his journey in the UFC at a very young age much younger than most, was thrown to the wolves, and he feels that now he's finally coming into his own, and we're going to see that at UFC Fight Night 115. Uh, we'll preview the fight with Volkov. We'll talk about the landscape of the heavyweight division. And, of course, you've heard him say it uh, several times. I, I, you know, you've seen reports on this. He thinks that he's the kryptonite to Stipe Miocic. And considering he holds a win over Stipe... Hard to disagree with him. So, of course, we'll be talking about that as well. A potential rematch with Stipe. And how Stefan feels that it's the only fight that really makes sense moving forward. In a division with no real clear-cut contenders, and the guys at the top of the division having already fought and lost to Stipe, Stefan makes a lot of sense. So he'll be our second guest around 840. Great conversation with the skyscraper. Uh, first time having, having him on the show, pleasure to speak with him, and a uh, big shout-out to our Chris Taylor for, for setting that one up, as well as Alan Joban. Closing out tonight's show, 9 p.m. Eastern. Just a few days away from UFC 214, this gentleman is featured on the card. He'll be kicking off, from what I can see, you know how they like to switch this up last minute sometimes, but he'll be kicking off the pay-per-view card against Jimmy Manoa, and the biggest fight of his career and his meteoric rise through the light heavyweight ranks. Of course, I'm talking about Volkan Ozdemir. 
had him on the show before his fight with uh, Misha Serkinov. Great conversation with him then, and an even better one with him now. Uh, he is currently in California. We got to catch up with him yesterday and uh, preview the fight, talk about how he's feeling, and not only what this fight means for him being the biggest fight of his career, but also where this puts him, assuming he gets the big win over Jimmy Manoa, and where Volkan feels he fits into the title picture. You know, there's talk of Alexander Gustafsson, if John Jones wins. I mean, that's obviously a, a fight that makes a lot of sense. People would really want to see that rematch. However, if Cormier wins, it's tough to give a guy a third shot against the champ, so Volkan would make a lot of sense. As I mentioned, great conversation with him. Break down the matchup between himself and Jimmy. We get his official prediction for the fight and uh, where he goes from here. And of course, I, you know, I've said it many times in speaking about him, speaking with him. This is a, this is a real, uh, what's the word? The Cinderella story in mixed martial arts. I mean, six months ago, unknown guy, two fights later, fighting one of the top guys in the division. And I mean, if he gets this fight done, if he gets it done on Saturday, it's hard to say that he isn't the breakthrough fighter of the year, if not the fighter of the year, um, you know, for next year's voting. Would be really hard to argue. To go from unknown to top contender in six months since February, I mean, come on, guys. Very impressive stuff. Great conversation with Volkan. I know you guys will enjoy it, as always. So let's jump into some news. All of this can be found, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Far more in-depth than I'm going to cover it here. You know all our guys do, do a hell of a job and, and put together some, some great articles for you fine folks. So make sure you go to bjpen.com forward slash MMA news now. And uh, like I said, stay up to date. UFC Long Island. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's recap that card. Chris Weidman, back in the win column, submits Kelvin Gastelum with a beautiful arm triangle in the third round. Uh, Much-needed win for Weidman. In my opinion, no real setback for Gastelum at this point. You know, he lost to the former champ, one of the best in the world, in a weight class above where he should really be fighting. Uh, you know, Kelvin being, formerly being a, a welterweight. Uh, but, uh, Kelvin rather. Kelvin even had some success early with the knockdown in the first. I mean, again... I really don't look at this as a setback for Kelvin. Uh, Weidman proceeded to call out Bisping, called him a bum, said that he's avoiding fighting real men. And, of course, Weidman was elated in front of his hometown crowd to get back in the win column, build that confidence back up. And, uh, as he said, post-fight, I'm back. So, Weidman is back. However, Bisping responds, telling Weidman to put his dad on, his, dad on a leash and then just days later, audio is released from a radio broadcast where Bisping and GSP verbally agree to fight in November. GSP saying he can do any time after October. You know, this is, this is not going to bed, and especially with the injury of Robert Whitaker, uh, it seems to, to, have, to have reignited uh, the possibility of this fight between these two guys being GSP and Bisping. Um, so I think Weidman needs a couple more wins before he's challenging for the title. But nonetheless, it seems like Bisping's got beef with everybody in the division. So that, that's no surprise. Uh, other big winners from UFC Long Island, Darren Elkins, man. 
grinds his way to a victory over Dennis Bermudez, uh, putting Darren, his win streak, to five in a row. Pretty impressive considering, you know, the guys he's been fighting in the division he's fighting in. Another big win. In my opinion, he's got to be, he's got to be in line for a title shot. So great performance by Darren. He is a grinder. He is a tough guy. And uh, they don't call him the damage for no reason. Uh, Patrick Cummins and his mustache of doom. (laughs) That guy's mustache is something else, man. Uh, He gets the split decision win over John Vellante. Uh, that makes that makes two in a row for Durkin since losing to uh, Antonio uh, Rogerio Nogueira. So he'll be he'll be looking to build on this momentum going forward. Uh, Jimmy Rivera continues climbing the ranks, defeats the incredibly dangerous Thomas Almeida. This guy hasn't lost since 2008, and you know after almost a year, I, I, I think a year, if not a year, close to a year long layoff. You know, coming in and getting a win over a guy like Almeida, that says a lot. If you aren't already, keep your eye on Jimmy. That kid's going to be fighting for a belt one day. My humble opinion, but if you if you look at his record, again, hasn't lost since 2008. Wins over Uriah Faber. Now Thomas Almeida. Sky's the limit for him. Former champion in other promotions. Keep your eye on Jimmy Rivera. So that's the basic recap for UFC Long Island. We've got a lot of in-depth coverage on that at bjpen.com forward slash MMA news, but let's move forward here. Uh, uh, Paulie Malinagi spoke about sparring with Conor McGregor. Says Conor matched his trash talking game, which is to no surprise, uh, and said that Conor has a method to his madness and a game plan going into this fight with Mayweather. Now, is he jumping on the promotional bandwagon here, or did he really see something in that sparring session with Conor that, that leads him to believe that that he has a chance against Floyd, that remains to be seen. But nonetheless, Paulie giving him some credit, and uh, pretty cool to see see that after all the trash these guys have talked back and forth. Uh, one of the guys on the money team says that they'll be seeking out Nate Diaz to have him walk out with Floyd. That would surely piss off Conor McGregor to no avail. And I have a feeling uh, Nate would decline that offer. Again, just my opinion. You know, you, you can't get him to fight for less than a, a few, several million dollars. I'd be surprised if you can get him to walk out to the ring with Floyd Mayweather unless they give him a million dollars or something. So we'll see how that goes. But my heart of hearts, I have a feeling that, that Nate will decline that. Big fight announcements. Rockhold versus David Branch. That's scheduled for UFC Fight Night in Pittsburgh. September 16th. Yes, okay, so September 16th is not UFC Fight Night Rotterdam. That's what happened there. I screwed up those dates. Anyway, uh, big step up in competition for David Branch. You know, former World Series of Fighting, middleweight and light heavyweight champion. Uh, He's been, you know, desperately trying to, to stake his claim as one of the top in the UFC's middleweight division, and he will certainly get an opportunity to do so against Rockhold. Um, you know, Rockhold, of course, been a long time since he's competed, had a lot of injury setbacks. Um, this is, this is a good fight to see, uh, where he stands in the middleweight rankings as well. So important fight for middleweight, uh, not the fight that I think a lot of fans wanted to see Rockhold in, but nonetheless, a good one for the division. UFC 215 in Edmonton, that adds Rafael Dos Anjos versus Neil Magny. 
good friends of our show, Jorge Masvidal and Colby Covington. I'm fairly certain those guys are not happy about that fight announcement. Colby uh, campaigning for a fight with Dos Anjos. Masvidal campaigning for a fight with Magny. Seems like they both got stiffed there. Uh, but nonetheless, UFC 215 in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, really shaping up to be a, go- uh, a solid card. You got DJ, uh, of course, the champ, pound for pound best. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, he'll be taking on Ray Borg. Uh, the rescheduled fight between Valentina Shevchenko and Amanda Nunes. And Francis Ngannou versus uh, Junior Dos Santos. Solid card so far. Let's see what else gets added uh, as time, time progresses towards UFC 215. Um, with UFC 214, <clears throat> just days away here, all the attention has been focused on the return of John Jones, as it should be. Huge rematch with DC. You know, they've been really insulting each other all along the way. And uh, the pre-fight press conference from today was no different. Uh, DC, said, DC said to Jones, he has a limp noodle. Jones Jones chuckled at that. Jones took a shot at Luke Thomas, refused to answer his questions. Uh, both guys went back and forth, totally stole the show, as you could expect. Uh, one question to each athlete for the rest of the panel, I think. I mean, I, I only remember Cyborg answering a question, Tanya Evans answering one question. I think there was only one question for Maya and maybe two for Woodley. Uh, but the rest of the questions went to Dana White and, of course, John Jones in D.C. Lots of back and forth between those guys. D- uh, Jones takes off a shirt for the stare down. And, uh, man, can't wait for that fight. Kick-ass card this weekend. Arguably the best of the year. Stacked from top to bottom. And, uh, man, obviously uh, one of the gentlemen on, on tonight's show, Volkan Ozdemir, He'll be kicking off the show against Jimmy Manoa. You've got Cowboy Cerrone versus Robbie Lawler. That's the people's fight. Um, <clears throat> three title fights, Cyborg, Evinger, Maya Woodley, and, of course, Jones, D.C. I know I'll be buying that pay-per-view, and I'm sure many of you will as well. However, <clears throat> the best news of the week, hands down, Matt Hughes is out of the coma and expected to make a full recovery. Doctors very optimistic now. All the prayers have been working, Penn Nation. Keep them up. We're very happy for Matt Hughes and his family and all of his loved ones that he's expected to make a full recovery. Could not be happier from the bottom of my heart. Big shout-out to Matt Hughes. The champ can win this battle as well, and we know he'll be, he'll be back to full health in no time. Uh, well, maybe not no time, but in due time. So, all of that and much more, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. I've merely scratched the surface here. Tons of content for you guys to get into and, uh, you know, really, really dive in and keep up to date, man. Like I say, this, this sport has got a lot going on each and every day. The train keeps it rolling, and we're keeping it on the tracks for you guys. So bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Make sure you guys go there right now. Stay up to date. Make sure you subscribe well, to this podcast, but make sure you follow us on all the facets of social media, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Google Plus, so forth. Get some notifications every time we post something. Get a notification right to your phone to let you know that we've got some new info for you to, to get your eyeballs on. So, guys, I've blabbed enough. 
We're going to kick things off here with Alan Joban, the fighter's voice, the voice of the fans, BJPenn.com radio. Coming up next, the Brahma, Alan Joban. All right, Penn Nation, we're now joined by one of the men featured UFC fight night coming up in Mexico City on August 5th. Of course, I'm talking about the Brahma, Alan Joban. Alan, what's going on, man? What's up, man? Good to talk to you. Uh, training, man. Just just preparing, you know. Uh, Mexico City, no joke, fighting at altitude, and then, you know, not a g- great air quality. So just uh, mentally and physically preparing for the fight. Yeah, you know, I've watched a lot of your training videos on social media, and it really looks like you're hungry for this one, man. What's the motto for this camp, Ben? Yeah, man. Uh, the motto for the motto for this camp. I mean, it, it would have to be kind of something along the lines of a statement fight, you know. The um, coming off of a loss to Gunnar Nelson, and before that, I was uh, doing well. You know, I was on a three-fight win streak. I was working my way up the division. Suffered a loss, and it, it's a small setback. In my eyes, though, it's I didn't I don't see myself set back that much, you know. Uh, lost the gunner. He beats a lot of guys. He just happened to get caught that night. Um, he was able to capitalize. He did a real good job of uh, of getting the choke in when I was hurt. But in my eyes, man, I didn't even get to fight that night. I didn't really get to show the tools that I have. And um, I'd only gotten better that camp, and then since then, gotten better since since that loss. Um, so yeah, man, this fight. I just want to go back out there, remind people what type of fighter I am, remind people what level of fighter I am, that I'm still uh, working my way up the division. A big win here, a statement win in this fight, kind of just puts me right back in the same trajectory towards the top of the division that I was. Yeah, so I'm going to jump ahead here for a moment, talk about Gunner. Obviously, as you mentioned, you're looking to get back on track here, get back in the win column. Uh, but looking back on that fight now, give us your thoughts on, on what happened there with Gunner. As you mentioned, you got caught. What was it that you learned most from that fight, if anything at all? Well, I mean, a couple things. The obvious one is uh, I made a mistake. You know, I was switching stances a little bit too often. And he saw that when I was switching stances, I wasn't firing shots while doing that. So even though I was switching stances, sometimes that freezes your opponent. He realized that there was nothing to freeze on because I wasn't firing shots. So... He timed it, man. He saw me switch stances one too many times. When I switched stance one time, he shot in with that straight right hand, and it stumbled me because I was in between stances. I didn't have my base. So yeah. it kind of rocked me in my footing. He was able to capitalize. So I wouldn't have done that, obviously, the the, the, the correction in the stances. Um, but then the other thing would just be I would have just been more aggressive. You saw in his last fight against uh, Ponzinibbio, I believe his name is. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, before Ponzinibbio caught him, Gunner was looking amazing. Gunner, Gunner was uh, controlling the stand-up, looked very confident. You know, he hit him with that uppercut hook and then and then was kind of uh, pressing the action on him. He just got caught himself. But um, but you, I think what Ponzinibbio studied my tape, he realized, that I was a little bit too respectful of Gunner. Um, I let Gunner kind of set his feet and, 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 and start his karate blitzes and, and, and set up his takedowns rather than put the pressure on him like I would have. So I would correct those two things if I, can, if I had another shot at it. So you touched on it there, the, the loss to Ponzinibbio. 
Uh, did you get a chance to see the fight? I mean, if so, what did you think of the eye poke? I mean, that was some pretty brutal stuff, right? Man, you know, the eye poke thing is something I didn't really focus on after. Um, I know it's been kind of a, a little hot topic since the fight, and there was a bunch of footage. I, I saw briefly some of the footage of slow motion, uh, the eye poke in, in slow motion, which seemed to be like, yeah, he might have suffered. All right, Penn Nation, we're now joined by one of the men featured UFC Fight Night coming up in Mexico City on August 5th. Of course, I'm talking about the Brahma, Alan Joban. Alan, what's going on, man? What's up, man? Good to talk to you. Uh, training, man, just just preparing, you know. Uh, Mexico City, no joke, fighting at altitude, and then, you know, not a g great air quality, so just uh, mentally and physically preparing for the fight. Yeah, you know, I've watched a lot of your training videos on social media, and it really looks like you're hungry for this one, man. What's the motto for this camp, Ben? Yeah, man. Uh, the motto for the motto for this camp. I mean, it, it would have to be kind of something along the lines of a statement fight, you know. The um, coming off of a loss to Gunnar Nelson, and before that, I was uh, doing well. You know, I was on a three-fight win streak. I was working my way up the division. Suffered a loss. And it, it's a small setback. In my eyes, though, it's I didn't I don't see myself set back that much, you know. Uh, lost the gunner. He beats a lot of guys. He just happened to get caught that night. Um, he was able to capitalize. He did a real good job of uh, of getting the choke in when I was hurt. But in my eyes, man, I didn't even get to fight that night. I didn't really get to show the tools that I have. And um, I'd only gotten better that camp, and then since then, gotten better since since that loss. Um, so, yeah, man, this fight, I just want to go back out there, remind people what type of fighter I am, remind people what level of fighter I am, that I'm still uh, working my way up the division. A big win here, a statement win in this fight, kind of just puts me right back in the same trajectory towards the top of the division that I was. Yeah, so I'm going to jump ahead here for a moment, talk about Gunner. Obviously, as you mentioned, you're looking to get back on track here, get back in the win column. Uh, but looking back on that fight now, give us your thoughts on, on what happened there with Gunnar. As you mentioned, you got caught. What was it that you learned most from that fight, if anything at all? Well, I mean, a couple things. The obvious one is uh, I made a mistake. You know, I was switching stances a little bit too often. And he saw that when I was switching stances, I wasn't firing shots while doing that. So even though I was switching stances, sometimes that freezes your opponent. He realized that there was nothing to freeze on because I wasn't firing shots. So he timed it, man. He saw me switch stances one too many times. When I switched stance one time, he shot in with that straight right hand, and it stumbled me because I was in between stances. I didn't have my base. So yeah. it kind of rocked me in my footing. He was able to capitalize. So I wouldn't have done that, obviously, the the, the – the correction in the stances. Um, but then the other thing would just be, I would have just been more aggressive. You saw in his last fight against uh, Ponzinibbio, I believe his name is. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, before Ponzinibbio caught him, Gunner was looking amazing. Gunner, Gunner was uh, controlling the stand-up, looked very confident. You know, he hit him with that uppercut hook, and then and it was kind of uh, 
pressing the action on him. He just got caught himself. But um, but you, I think what Ponzinibbio studied my tape, he realized that I was a little bit too respectful of Gunner. Um, I let Gunner kind of set his feet and, 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 and start his karate blitzes and, and, and set up his takedowns rather than put the pressure on him like I would have. So I would correct those two things if I, can, if I had another shot at Gunner. So you touched on it there, the, the loss to Ponzinibbio. Uh, did you get a chance to see the fight? I mean, if so, what did you think of the eye poke? I mean, that was some pretty brutal stuff, right? Man, you know, the eye poke thing is something I didn't really focus on after. Um, I know it's been kind of a, a little hot topic since the fight, and there was a bunch of footage. I, I saw briefly some of the footage of slow motion, uh, the eye poke in, in slow motion, which seemed to be like, yeah, he might have suffered an eye poke, but... I only watched. I did watch the fight. I only watched the fight once, and I trust my gut when I watch a fight like the first time. You know, yeah. you can go back and rewatch it and little subtleties. But my gut told me the very first time that I watched it that if there was an eye poke, it wasn't substantial. It wasn't like the eye poke caused an injury. He landed a punch, and then maybe there was an eye poke like on the end of the punch. If you know what I mean, like maybe a stump scratch. Or like, like I said, I didn't rewatch it a, a, a number of times, but. The punches were landing. The punches were hurting Gunner. He was never um, grasping at his eye, wincing in pain. He never was blinking or holding his eye. Um, and the punches were doing damage. So I kind of, um, I don't want to say I'm not falling into the eye poke hype. I'm not saying there wasn't an eye poke there, but the punches were doing the damage, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but getting back to your, I mean, you know, for me it was you, there was the one uh, photo or still frame rather floating around that was you know almost uh, uh, three Stooges style, two fingers in the eye. So I mean, looked pretty brutal from that angle. Oh, was there? Yeah. From, from Ponzinibbio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gunner, Gunner getting uh, two I'll of them right this. in the eyeball. You know, like if 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 those um. Like I said, I only watched it one time, and, and in live action, I didn't notice the eye pokes as much because I could see his body mechanics. Were, his body mechanics were throwing punches. They were, they were his body mechanics were trying to land heavy shots like he does. Yeah. Um, in slow motion, if if there was eye pokes there, I'm not discarding that. But I think that you know I've heard some rumors that you know maybe he was trying to fight dirty. I just can't see anyone you know training. Let me slightly miss my punch yeah. and hope the eye poke land. You know what I mean? Like, so so I don't think he's a dirty fighter, and I could not even imagine somebody that trying to be part of their game plan. Were there some incidental eye pokes? Obviously there were. And um, maybe did it affect his vision and he just not act on it and Gunner? Uh, maybe he should have maybe tried to call a timeout. But to me, the ending was real short. You know, like, like he got caught with that right hand, stumbled him. Three punches later, the jab knocked him out. You know, it happened all in a matter of seconds. Um, so, to me, like the eye pokes, it, it, it was Gunner's decision. If he got poked before that, he should have tried to get a timeout rather than continue to fight. Absolutely, and I think that's that's the biggest point to this is he didn't really harp on it after the fact. You know, might have wiped his eyes right. a couple times, but, I mean, such is life. It happens so many times in the sport. Something that you kind of just got to roll with the punches, unfortunately. Uh, but... Yeah. You know, we we talked about it there, Mexico City. You talked about uh, you know, elevation acclimation. I see you've been training in Big Bear getting ready for this uh 
this elevation that's going to yeah. be there. But first of all, how did that go? And uh, it sounds like you're already in Mexico City trying to app, uh, acclimate now. Is that correct? No, no, I'm not there yet. Um, but I have been doing a variety of things to get ready. I'm, I'm going up on on the normal uh, fight week schedule. Uh, get there on a Tuesday, fight on a Saturday. But uh, yeah, man, I've been I've been taking it serious. Um, when I found out about the fight, I immediately started uh, scanning uh, scanning eBay looking for a um, a uh, an altitude tent yeah. to sleep in and. And from the research that I've done, you know, sleep high, train low is kind of the way to go about it. And um, I talked to a uh, another guy who's on the card, Sam Alvey. Um, we got to talking about it. He has fought in Mexico City before. He has fought in Denver. He said the uh, he learned his lesson in Mexico City. He got an altitude tent for Denver, had much more success. He talked me into it, so I got one. And uh, I've been sleeping in that every night for about a month. And then Sam Alvey actually called me up out of the blue. Uh, since he saw we were fighting on the same card, and uh, we're not training partners, but we just kind of cross paths now and then. But he, he saw we were on the same card. He knew that we were both kind of doing the altitude tent, so he invited me up to a, a cabin that he had rented out in Big Bear for the weekend. So we've been up there for three days training, and um, that went well. You know, it, it was great of him to invite me and my family up, and uh, he's got a great family. And um, he had some training partners up there and some coaches, and, and we did our thing, man. You know, usually I kind of taper down the weekends, but – we went up there and had two sessions, uh, like 7,000 feet one day. And then this, on Sunday, when I normally, it's my rest day, we, we hiked up to a 9,000 uh, foot elevation uh, mountain and then did some training up there. So it was great. You can't really change your, uh, your, o, your O2 levels over a course of a weekend. It takes weeks. It takes months. But just to go out there and test yourself at that altitude and, and be in that environment for the weekend was uh, beneficial for both of us. Well, without a doubt, and you've heard a lot of people talk about the uh, altitude tent, so hopefully you're having some success there. Yeah. But aside from the, you know, acclimating to that elevation, are you excited to be competing in Mexico? Definitely, you know, a fight culture in Mexico. What kind of a crowd are you expecting there? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I'm excited just to be fighting, period, to be honest, um, wherever it may be. But you have a point to it. You know, Mexico, you said it, man. I mean, you know, they have a long history with boxing. It's a very uh, embraced fight culture in Mexico. Um, I I look forward to going out there and, and performing like I normally do and, and winning over the fans. You know, wherever I go, I like to I like to think that I take those fans with me. You know, when, when I fought in Brazil, Brazil became my second biggest fan base. When I fought in Australia, now they're my third biggest fan base. And so on and so on. Wherever I go, win or lose, if I'm fighting the hometown guy or not, I like for the fans to experience my fighting style, meet me in person, and then um, even if I'm fighting that guy, a hometown guy, I like for them to you know to jump on board and to be, become fans. So um, I'm looking forward to doing that in Mexico. You know, they 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 appreciate good fights. I like to put on good fights. I like to put on fight of the night. I'm looking to put on a great performance. I'm very eager to show this this Mexican crowd uh, what I've been. Uh, I, I don't want to say pent up but you know i just i've been itching to fight for months and months now so i'm eager to put on a great performance for them so you'll be taking on nico price in mexico city august 5th as we've as we've talked about here give us your thoughts on the matchup and uh you know nico as an opponent where do you think he's most dangerous yeah i'm cool with it man i mean i'm, I'm a guy that uh i could 
say with a, a sound mind that I have never turned down a fight in my life, um, probably in or outside of the octagon, <laughs> to be honest. But, um, but uh, you know, I hear he's a guy like that. You know, um, the one thing that I kind of got from Sean Shelby is that Nico will take a fight with anybody. It doesn't, you know, when he just, he's only two fights in the UFC, but he's he's willing to fight the top guys or this or that. So, so we seem to have the same mindset where we will both fight anyone anywhere, you know. Uh, that doesn't intimidate either one of us. Um, Nico's a guy. He's like ten and zero. You know, he's another undefeated fighter. Um, he's a he's a, he's a good prospect. He's taken out some um, some good guys. I, I think his debut was against Brandon Thatch, yeah. which he submitted in round round one or round two. And then his last fight, he knocked out. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, they ended up taking taking that off of his record because I think he got popped for smoking weed or something. It was in Houston. But you know, I don't. I don't take that off his record. He's ten and zero. You know, he knocked he knocked out that guy with uh, a second to go in like the second round. Knocked him out cold. Um, and just because he got popped for smoking some weed, you're gonna take that off his record. Um, yeah, I see right. him as a yeah. I see him as a ten and zero fighter. He won that fight. He's coming off of a big knockout win and submission over Brandon Thatch. Um, this is the thing. Like I fought a little bit of everybody now. You know, I've I've, I've fought in top guys in the world. I've fought in wrestlers. I've, I've fought strikers. I've, you know, so nobody really throws me for a loop anymore. Um, I've fought an undefeated guys. My three, this this guy, uh, Nico, will be my third out of three out of my last four opponents, including Nico, have been undefeated fighters. Yeah. So, um, and, and I've taken out the other two. I've handed the first loss to the, um, the other two undefeated fighters. So this isn't a new thing for me. I think Nico is a, uh, a really good opponent. He's like you said, he's undefeated. He's got submission victories. He's got knockout victories. He's a long, lanky guy, man. He's a, he's a bit of an awkward striker. His his limbs, his legs, and his arms are very very long, and he throws kind of an awkward striking style. Uh, and um, if it lands, it'll it, 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 he has power. It's just um, I don't foresee him landing on me in the feet. I foresee him testing the waters, as as everybody will, and then. He likes to drag people to the canvas, and I, I think his highest percentage uh, rate in most fights, and especially in this fight against me, is going to be trying to get me down on the mat and him trying to be on top. Uh, and so uh, I've been working, you know, I've been working diligently on that ever since the, the Gunner fight, staying off of the mat, staying off the fight, uh, staying off of the mat with my takedown defense. And, um, you know, I think it'll probably go there at some point where he'll, he'll, he'll try to get a takedown if it, gets, if it goes there. I'll just work my way back to my feet and um, do what I normally do. So all of that being said, definitely a dangerous guy, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, game opponent. However, he's relatively yeah. unknown to a lot of fans. You know, do you feel like you have yeah. a lot more to prove in this matchup in regards to where you belong in the division? You know, it seems like you're in a high-risk, low-reward situation here. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've had some other people say that. And, and it depends how you look at it, really. You know, it's – um. It could be perceived that this is his, what, third UFC fight? This is my, my tenth UFC fight. Um, I just came off of fighting the number nine guy in the world. Um, and, and, you know, he's only two fights in. So it could be looked at that. But, you know, that's, that's, that's the, the landscape of the UFC, you know. Guys that, that main event certain cards and then lose, they'll be on the damn prelims the next fight. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like... I feel like you're only as good as your last fight somewhat. And uh, the world definitely, the MMA world, sees it that way much more magnified. And um, I'm coming off of a loss. So I've just been kind of um, 
keeping my head down, focusing on what's got me here and what's going to get me better. And, you know, if there's not a lot to to win in this fight, I, I don't really care. I, it's yeah. just, for me, it's just like, let me put this guy away. Let me get that W back on the win column because that's all that really matters. When you see them do the matchups, they match up. A lot of times they'll match up when two guys have won or two guys have lost. Or in our case, he's coming off of a win, but he, you know, he got fined. Um, so they ruled it no contest, and I've got more fights than, than him. So that's how it matches up. But a win in this column is a win, period, because it, it helps me. It's a win, but then it also puts me right back to where I was, man. I feel like, the, the, like I said, mentioned earlier, the trajectory that I was on while I was knocking on that top 10, top 15 door. Um, I went over him. I'm right back there. I'm right back there. You know, uh, that, that puts me at what? What's my that a, a win with him gives me seven and three in the UFC um, with a bunch of knockouts and a bunch of fight of the night bonuses. So I think it puts me right back in that same momentum that I had. Well, very good. I I, I would agree with you there 100. percent But looking forward at the landscape yeah. of the division, then you know, kind of going along with this, we've got Woodley taking on Maya. That's going down this weekend for the title. Who do you think gets it done there yep. on Saturday? And, you know, do you have an official prediction for that one? Man, I'm, I'm going to that fight. I woke up this morning, and I had I had nerves just for these guys, man, because <laughs> I guess, you know, our, our fight weeks are so closely together. You know, my fight week's next week, their fight week's now. But just waking up this morning, I'm thinking, damn, John Jones and D.C. are finally going to get it on this week. Um, I'm going to the card. I know it's going to give me goosebumps in the arena when when they're playing the promo before they walk out. It's going to be it's going to be amazing, man. Tyron Woodley's on that card with Maya. Um, I gotta say, man, I think I think Woodley, I think Woodley has, with no disrespect to Maya, an easy win. We've seen Maya, um, not too much of a threat on the feet. He loves to just shoot in, get snatch that single leg up, and try to do like an outside single dump. I don't see him dumping the much bigger uh, uh, Woodley with the wrestling base. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't know if he's going to really get Woodley to the ground. I think he might tire himself out on that strong base of Woodley, and then from there it might turn into a Damian Meyer versus Rory McDonald situation, where Damian Meyer was kind of just getting desperate, like pulling guard and stuff. You know what I mean? If he can't take Woodley down, and I feel like Woodley's going to be the better conditioned athlete. Willie's been training his butt off. He wanted this date. He wanted uh, not necessarily this fight, but he wanted this date. Um, I think they were saying that the reason Damian Maya didn't want to do this date is because I was hearing rumors that he had like an injury that he was nursing or he wanted to do some other things, take some time off. He was getting burnt out. Things like that. But he ended up setting the date for the fight, which is what Woodley wanted, not necessarily what Damian Maya wanted. Yeah. And if Maya wins, he has to take it to the ground. I don't see him taking Willie to the ground, so I have Willie in this fight. So, looking, I'm, I'm skipping questions here for sake of time, but, but you know, going okay. along with this, going along with this as well, you know, looking forward in your own career, I want, I know that you want your own name to be included amongst those elite guys, and you know, aside from the yeah. infrequent setback here and there, you already could be, very, very possibly. Uh, but what's the goal for you in 2018? Realistically, how many fights? Do you think you need to break into that top ten, top five? Yeah, you know, the goal is to fight as many times as possible, to be honest. Um, for me, it's just about staying, not staying healthy, but it's about capitalizing when I'm healthy. Um, the one thing that I learned about the fight game over the years, you know, I'm relatively new in, not new, new in the UFC. I've been around, I've been in the UFC for like three years, but I haven't been as long, around as long as some of these guys, like maybe a Cowboy Cerrone or guys that, 
you know, more more names that are more familiar to everybody at every household. But I've been in the fight game for 10, 12 years now, um, you know, if it was Muay Thai or whatever. And, and I've had my share of injuries and surgeries and, um, you know, broken countless bones. And, and the thing that I've learned over, over, over time is that um, it's like an opportunistic sport, man. When, when an opportunity lends itself to you, you take it, you jump on it, you do the best that you can with it. When you're healthy, to me, that's the best time for opportunity. Um, so many times I have been healthy, the best shape of my life, itching to fight, and I can't get a fight, or they say, okay, we're going to get you a fight. It's in three months. Over three months, you get injured, things happen, you get burned out. Stuff like that happens in the fight game. It's tough. People, you know, when, when guys like Cowboy Cerrone or somebody fight six, seven times a year, it's, it's very impressive because it means that they stayed healthy in the gym, they stayed healthy after the fights, and they didn't get burned out. Um, so it's just about making the stars align for me, basically, to answer your question. Um, I'd like to get a win here in Mexico City. I'd like to fight one or two more times this year if possible. And then in 2018, just go on a tear, man. Staying healthy. I'm going to be blowing up Sean Shelby's phone if I'm healthy, saying, look, get me a fight. I've been doing that all this year, to be honest. I said, look, I will take a last-minute fight. If somebody falls out next week, I've been calling them once a month, texting them once a month. If somebody falls out next week, give me a fight. Because I've just been itching to fight ever since um, ever since the Gunner fight. I just I was healthy after the Gunner fight for months and months and months. Couldn't get a fight, and then I broke my foot as soon as I got on the uh, – I was supposed to be on the Vegas card, 213 or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, I broke my foot right before that, and so that's what I mean. Like, sometimes shit just happens, man. When you're healthy, take it. So uh, that's my goal. I'm gonna, my goal is stay healthy, stay in shape all year long, and then uh, I'm going to be on Sean Shelby's butt about just, like, throwing me on a card. I'm ready to, I'm ready to do this. Well, as you said there, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, man. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, quickly here, just to touch on this quickly, though, again, for sake of time, not so much, you know, uh, the time of, of what we have here, but on my recorder, I should have uh, formatted this bad boy before we started. But uh, changing yeah. gears here for a moment, McGregor Mayweather, biggest fight in combat sports history. Yeah. Does Connor have a chance, and mm-hmm. is it good or bad for either sport? Does Connor have a chance? I'd say, okay, so Connor does have a chance, um, obviously, and uh, uh, I don't mean to break it down to a stupid level, but yeah, everybody has a puncher's chance. It's fighting, man, and and Connor has a chance in my eyes for about a round and a half. You know what I mean? He's got about uh, what is that? Four and a half, five minutes to make something happen. Yeah. Uh, the first round is going to be a feeling out process. I would come come on strong if I was Connor. I'll be throwing odd punches at odd timing, trying to get Mayweather's slip and shoulder roll. Give him something he's not seen before, he's not, that he's not used to being aggressive. By, this, by the end of the second round, Mayweather is going to adapt it to the rhythm, adapt it to the timing of, uh, of Connor. And then from there, I think he's just going to go downhill. Um, I see Mayweather winning this. Um, Connor does have a puncher's chance. Everybody does, man. It's a fight. Um, but he's going to have to do it early because after the adrenaline s- s- settle down and, and he becomes a boxing match, not a brawl like he should make it in the first round, then um, it, 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 I can't see it looking pretty for Connor. Um, I don't know how good this is for the sport, though, to be honest. You know, if, if Connor knocks out Mayweather, I'm going to jump for joy. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be freaking amazing. Because, you know, I'm, look, I'm going to support the UFC. I'm going to support my fellow MMA guys of course. on what they're doing. They're, they're representing us. We, we need to all be rooting for Connor right here. But if Connor gets knocked out or just embarrassed, 
yeah, okay, you could say, yeah, we're fighting in his sport, so-and-so, so-and-so. But it doesn't matter. It still makes one of the pound-for-pound, what is Connor in the top three or four pound-for-pound uh, pound fighters in the world in the UFC? If, if our pound-for-pound pound fighter, number two in the world, three in the world, just got embarrassed, it doesn't look good for us, man. It, it, it's going to have the whole boxing world saying, oh, yeah, you know, these guys could fight, but a boxer would not come out. You know, it's going to start that argument up a lot heavier in favor for the boxing community and things like that. And then, obviously, it's detrimental for boxing if Conor wins. I mean, if Conor wins and he oh, knocks yeah. out the best boxer of all time on his pro debut, it's just like it makes boxing look like a joke. So, um, yeah, there's a lot at risk at both, it, at both ends here. It's a lot at risk. Uh, a big reward, big risk. You know, those are the risks. The reward is obviously the world is going to be watching. The world is going to be watching. It's going to bring more eyes to the sport, more money, more endorsements, more sponsors, more everything. So it's it's almost like are we are we being too overly greedy? Are we being greedy to just bring these eyes and money to the sport to set records? Or in the long run, are we shooting ourselves in the foot by doing this, which could which could mess up the res the the, uh, the um, What's the word I'm looking for? Kind of, uh, I can't, I can't think of the word, but to, to, to justify how good these guys are as fighters, if one of them loses, it, it could be bad for, for whichever sport, for UFC or boxing. So we'll see what happens, man. I'm definitely going to be watching. I'm definitely eager to see it, but um, the fallout will be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I think you know the promotion, <laughs> the promotion leading up to it, and the fallout afterwards ought to be the most interesting points for this thing. But uh, listen, you've been more than generous yeah. with your time. I just got a couple more questions here for you. Getting back to August 5th, how do you visualize this fight playing out? What kind of a game plan are you expecting from him? And how do you see the fight ending with your hand raised at the end of it? Well, I mean, my game plan doesn't change that often. Um, wait, can you hear me good? Yep. Can you hear me all right? Okay, yeah, my game, chance, my game plan doesn't change that often in the fight. You know, I'm, I'm always going out there looking to punch guys in the face, looking to knock them out, if it's a punch, kick, whatever. But, it, you know, I, I've been doing my strike, my, my jiu-jitsu for a long time now, and, and I do have jiu-jitsu and grappling. But instinctively, the the fighter in me, if I'm in a 50-50 position where I, you fall down and I can grab your back or I can punch you in the face, I'm going to punch you in the face. That's just instinctively what I do. Uh, and that's what I want to do August 5th. Um, I said it before, man. It's, it's kind of a statement fight. It, it's a reminder for me. Oh, yeah, that guy, Alan Joban, he's he's a badass. He was, you know, on a three-fight win streak. He got caught. He puts people away. He puts on entertaining fights. He knocks guys out. He goes he goes for exciting stuff. I don't hold back. I'm not, I'm not trying to go to the judges. I hate going to the judges. I'm not trying to hold back anything I've been trying in, in the gym. I go for exciting stuff. And I just want to knock him out. I want to put him away, man, honestly. Um, I think if you paint a, a perfect story for me in this fight – beautiful knockout a head kick or something a walk-off head kick knockout in the second round of this fight bonus got the win got the uh, got the performance bonus um and then fight again in a month or two all right man and in conclusion what can all the brahma fans and supporters expect from you come fight night and will we see you in a contender spot in 2018 absolutely absolutely yeah man if you're if you've been supporting me watching my fights, or if, if you've never watched my fights, please do check it out. I promise I don't hold back, man. And if, you, if you're going to be watching this fight August 5th, man, people say it. You know, you prepare to see 
the best you've ever seen me. People say that all the time. Um, I've been working my ass off. I've been working my ass off for the Gunner fight. I didn't get to show it. There's a lot of stuff I didn't get to show in that fight that I plan on showing now. I'm doing everything I have to do focus-wise, cardio-wise, to prepare for the altitude. And I'm looking for nothing more than a finish. I'm looking for a finish. This guy's never lost. I'm, I want to be the guy that hands him his first loss, hands him his first, the first time getting finished in a fight. Um, it's going to be exciting. Uh, 2018, absolutely, absolutely in the rankings, in the top 10. You know, a win here, that's probably going to put me right at, like, you know, number. I'm like, I think I'm number 19 or 20. I don't even care anymore. A win here puts me right back at, you know, 15 or whatever. And then another win there or a top 10 guy is going to put me in the top 10 and, and looking to make that run. I'm not getting any younger. I'm still in my prime, but I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to uh, make this a long uh a long run towards the title. I'm trying to do it now. I'm, I'm trying to just get things going. And um, if they offer me a big fight, a top 10 guy, a top five guy, a, a fight on short notice, I'm damn well going to take it. Well, we certainly look forward to the fight and all that the future has in store for you, my friend. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Always exciting fights. I will no doubt be tuning in for this one and uh, certainly looking to catch up with you after a big win come August 5th. Any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go, bud? No, I look forward to it, man. Yeah, I'll give you uh, two shout-outs for you. Check out me and my girl, Karen Bryant. We do a podcast, MMA Heat, usually on Mondays after the fights. Check that out. We love recapping the fights. And then a uh, shout-out to my sponsor, New Breed Nutrition. All right. Alan Joban, ladies and gentlemen, always a pleasure. Kick some ass on August 5th, and we'll have to catch up afterwards, <laughs> bud. Will do. Thank you, brother. All right, man. All right, Penn Nation, we're now joined by one of the baddest men in the heavyweight division in the UFC, the biggest man for that matter. Of course, I'm talking about the skyscraper, Stefan Struve. Stefan, welcome to the show. Whereabouts are you right now, man? Are you stateside or are you in Holland? Uh, I just got back to Florida. Flew uh, flew back here uh, yesterday. I was in Holland for five days to uh, do the media circus for uh, my fight September 2nd. Saw my family for a little bit. Um, you know, I did five, five to six weeks before um, before going to Holland already. So it's good to be back. And uh, already had my first session this morning, getting some food in, and then heading back to the gym for number two. So very good. So we're a little over a month away. September second, as you mentioned, UFC Fight Night 115 going down in Holland. Uh, how has prep- yeah. how has preparation been going for you so far? Uh, it's great, man. No complaints. Um, I had um, shoulder surgery in January of this year to um, fix a uh, an issue that was bothering me for a while. And uh, that was, like, the most important thing for me to, uh, you know, feel out and all that. But it's feeling great. Um, and now it's just going to be five weeks of, um, you know, sparring and just getting mentally ready for the fight. Um, the first part was just getting my body back ready to, to do that. And... Uh, ready to jump uh, into that now, you know, so feeling great. Yeah, you know, I'll jump ahead here for a bit. I was going to ask you about the injury. You explained it, uh, you know, pretty concisely there. But, you know, you were previously forced to take time away from the sport due to medical issues, you know, which I think is, is pretty well documented. Uh, but considering you were so close to walking away from the sport at one point, does the injury setback or, or a long layoff like that, I mean, does it make it even more irritating for you? 
Um, it, it was annoying because I would have loved to fight Dos Santos in February, you know, especially seeing that he got a, a title shot in May of this year. Um, I know I'm very close, you know, I'm the only man who knocked out the current champ. And um, I, I got a streak going again now. I'm going to add another win to that streak. So, yeah, it was annoying to be out for a while. But, you know, you, you have to deal with it the way it comes. You know, it, it is the way it is. I had that shoulder injury. And um, I, I wasn't going to take a risk fighting Dos Santos. Um, I couldn't keep my arm up the entire time when I was sparring and all that. So if you would be starting to um, to see that and time it, you know, with his overhand, yeah. it's not a, a great trick. So I, I had to take care of it. You know, it is what it is. Well, without a doubt, and obviously you mentioned the champ there. We'll be touching on that in just a moment. Uh, but you'll be taking on Alexander Volkov. Not exactly a household name for fans in the West, but hardcore certainly know who he is. Give us your thoughts on Volkov as an opponent, and where do you think he's most dangerous? Um, he's, he's a good fighter. Uh, I've been watching him fight for a long time because he came to uh, MMA when he was young like me. And, um, you know, he's he's been growing um, both in his fighting and in his, in his physique. Um, just like me, although, you know, I'm, I'm still a lot bigger than him, <laughs> even though he's 6'7 and, like, 250. But I'm, I'm like, still one, you know, one heavyweight size up uh, on that. But um, he's a good fighter. Uh, he's been developing his skills. Um, you know, some people take him a little, uh, uh, you know, lightly, but I definitely don't. You know, I'm working very hard. I know he's a very dangerous fighter with, with um, a whole bunch of tools, a big, big, tool set so no underestimating him and um yeah i just it's gonna be a fun fight you know it's gonna be fun to fight someone who's uh, close to my sizing yeah i was just about to say that you know tall rangy guy much like yourself although as you mentioned you're obviously the biggest guy in the ufc what's your outlook yeah. on the matchup stylistically what kind of fight are you expecting uh you know alexander to come with uh from the opening bell um, well, I know he's training with Sammy Shield right now. He flew in Shield to um, oh, replicate me as a sparring partner. So um, I think he's going to throw a lot of those front kicks that Sammy always throws. Um, you know, I'm ready for whatever. He could have flown in King Kong. I would be, you know, he wouldn't be ready for me. <laughs> so he's um, no, he's, he's a good fighter, but I feel that, you know, we've, um, we we watch tape on him. We see some um, some mistakes he makes, some openings. We um, we plan to take um, you know advantage of, and um, I fully believe that that's going to happen. Now, clearly, you'll be looking to put on a, a good show upon your return, and even more so being that this fight is in front of your home country, hometown crowd. Give us your thoughts on uh-huh. competing in front of uh, the Holland fans or Dutch fans, rather, uh, under the UFC banner for a second time. And is that any added pressure for you to really go out there and have a great performance? No added pressure, to be honest with you. You know, like. I um um I, I pretty much always perform great, you know. Um I always put everything on the line to um uh, to go out there and fight and I always look for the finish, you know, and in the beginning of my career, um the first three losses in the UFC that cost me and you know, I put myself in positions now and then where I would be um, you know, prone to get hit by um big hitters. But I don't do that anymore. You know, I learned from that. Um I got a lot smarter, um you know, I got a lot bigger, stronger. You know, I developed a, a, a um, you know, much wider skill set. I improved my wrestling so much the last couple of years. Um, I just feel great, you know. Like, um, there's no added pressure in fighting in Holland. I love that my friends and family and fans from Holland can come to watch. 
And last year was so amazing. I think everybody saw how focused I was, how full of energy I was yeah. to, uh, to perform and put on a good show there. And, you know, everybody saw what happened last year. Um, I just can't wait to um, to do it over and, um, you know, get another win in Holland. Well, you mentioned it there. Unlike unlike the last trip to, to Rotterdam, you'll be head, headlining this card. You know, what is it like? Yeah. You know, you mentioned Semi Schultz there. What is it like being a star in Holland for combat sports now? I mean, it must be, feel pretty cool for you to be included in that long list of names of kickboxers and MMA fighters alike. Is that correct? Oh, for sure, you know. Um, but um, Holland's a difficult crowd, too, to be honest with you. Like, I, I got a ton of fans that will support me through anything, everything. There's a lot of people, too, that uh, will jump on the bandwagon once you start winning, you know, and they didn't really care about me when I wasn't doing as great. But yeah. uh, I know a ton of fans that really support me are going to come, and that that's what matters to me, you know. They they can see me perform live, and I really believe that I'm going to do big things in the coming years. So this is just another shot for them to, uh, another opportunity to, to watch me perform close to home. And now, while we're on the subject of, you know, legendary Dutch fighters, I'm wondering who were some of your idols when you were coming up in the game? You know, who inspired you most? I mean, there's so many to choose from in your home country. I'd imagine there's several, but uh, if you, you know, specifically, who was your biggest idol coming up for yourself in combat sports, and who inspired you the most? You know, I, I, um, my longtime coach, Bob Schreiber, I always loved to watch him fight. He always went to war, you know I mean? He never gave up so much heart. Um, I don't think there's uh, a lot of fighters out there to have the same mentality and have the same heart he has. So I always lo- love watching him fight and, uh, you know, watching him fight and being around him, um, you know, seeing him prepare for his fights at the end of his career. And, you know, the, the way he uh, taught me, trained me, really formed me into the, the kind of fighter I am too, I think. Um, and then, you know, I had the honor of fighting uh, one of my other idols, Minotaur Noguera, in his hometown in Rio de Janeiro, which was uh, an, an amazing experience. An absolutely amazing experience. So. Okay. Now, getting back to this fight, I mentioned earlier, <clears throat> mentioned earlier, Volkov isn't exactly a household name, but as we've talked about, dangerous guy, not counting him out whatsoever. But I'm feeling like, you know, do you think that uh, an impressive showing against him will put you right back into the mix here? Uh, yeah, for sure. D- depends on how you make it look. You know, like, I haven't seen a lot of heavyweight fights lately that have impressed me. Uh, I can't remember the last one that really impressed me, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, since USADA has come in, a lot of guys don't perform the way, the way they used to perform. So, you know, I think um, there's uh, a need for contenders. Uh, there's a need for a storyline. And the storyline's right there. You know, I got the knockout win. I made the comeback. I'm on a winning streak right now. And if I, I get another win, I think I'm right there. You know, we'll see what happens. Well, I agree with you. Certainly in need of contenders, and as you mentioned there, the storyline sells itself. But, you know, you're currently ranked number nine. Volkov's one ahead of you at number eight. However, I know you've said that, in recent months anyway, that, that you're not really a big fan of the rankings and that, you know, you've beaten most of the guys ahead of you already. While there's definitely problems with the ranking systems, I, I, I would agree with you 100% there, isn't it kind of a necessary evil for a guy like yourself who, you know, wants to claim that number one contender spot? I mean, as far as, like, career goals in MMA, you're kind of forced to follow the rankings, right? Uh, to be honest with you, not really, because there's been so many fights made, title fights made, where the number one contender didn't get a title shot, but, like, the number three or number four, uh, you know, even lower-ranked guys than that got a title shot. So I really don't care about those rankings. And there's so many guys in the rankings right now, 
especially, you know, if I look at my division, I look at them and I know I'll beat them. You know, I know, you know, looking at their fights, I know I got, I got the skill set, I got everything needed to beat them. So I don't care about those rankings. You know, if I beat, let's say I'd fight Fabricio Werdum or Al Strobin and I beat them, then I'm ranked number two or number one, like after one fight, that's, that's the way it seems to work, you know. So I don't care about those rankings at all. And, you know, another example, Volkov is ranked ahead of me. Based, based on what, you know, like, yeah. give, me, give me one good, you know, I, I don't understand, like, beating a 40-year-old Roy Nelson, Roy Nelson is going to put you right ahead of me, like, I don't I don't care, but, like, how does it work, I don't understand. <laughs> I agree with you there, man, uh, absolutely, but when you when you look ahead at the field of, of guys above you in the rankings, definitely some interesting new matchups, also some opportunities uh, to avenge a couple losses, you know, without looking past sure. Volkov at all here, what would be the next ideal matchup for the skyscraper? Any fight in particular that you'll be campaigning for going forward, aside from Stipe? Yeah, well, that that's the ideal matchup, of course. You know, um, uh, there's there's a lot of fun matchups. Um, you know, uh, if you look at those rankings. So, um, but right now I'm focused on September second, and uh, I plan to uh, to get an impressive win. You know, to to make a strong case for a, a very big fight. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens after that. You know, we'll just take it one step at a time. Now, you know, talking about rematches here, um, it kind of makes me think, you know, it seems like you've had one of the hardest roads in the UFC. You know, you came into the promotion at a very young age, had to learn and evolve uh-huh. into the fighter that you are now along the way. And one thing I personally noticed, though, is, you know, how you've really grown into your frame, as you talked about a bit there. Your height and athleticism, that, that's done the job for you in the past, along with the skills but it seems like now you've grown into the man with the skills to match now. I'm wondering, would you agree uh, with that? And, and how much would you say personally that you've evolved not only as a fighter, but as a man? Yeah, for sure. You know, I was 21. Uh, I turned 21 three days before my fight with Junior Dos Santos, my first fight in the UFC. And everybody know what a monster he was at that point, you know, in, 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 in those years. So um, I had a lot to learn. I had to, to uh, really fill out my frame. And at that point, to be honest with you, I really had no understanding of how to fight tall the way I do right now. You know, I, I had no idea how to keep those guys off of me. So every single time we'd let them come in and the, the fight would turn into wars. And, you know, I think uh, I was already doing great against guys who weren't the best, like right under the top. I was already winning those fights. But at the very you know, highest level, you need to, you know, really fight at your best. So... I had a um, a, lot, a lot of ground to do, but at that point, you know, I already had like 22 wins when I came into the UFC at, yeah. at 21 years old. And you're, you know, you come into the UFC, you're young, and you're like, I don't care. I'm just going to beat all these guys. I don't care how big they are, how strong they are, how good they are. You know, I'm going to go in and beat those guys. And then you know, you get TKO in your first fight. And that's that's a big setback, you know. And you uh, you have to deal with all that. And um, be mentally strong. That's one of the things, you know, like I, I see so many guys, I, I've trained with so many guys that are so good in the gym, like they got such a good skill set and then you're like, wow, man, you're, you're going to be the next big thing, you know, and you see them fight and they're useless. But all the all the hard things that were thrown at me, you know, I beat those and I'm still going strong and I really believe that, you know, my best years are going to come. Without question, the sky's, the, you know, the sky's the limit here and, you know, as you look at the top of the mountain, you see a guy that you've already defeated. I know you've stated a few months ago that, that you are Stipe's kryptom, kryptonite here. You know, what makes you so confident in, in a potential rematch? And I'm wondering, is there, you know, aside from having the win over him, but is there anything you would do differently 
uh, in the rematch and, and talk a bit about how he's evolved as a fighter along with yourself. He's, um, you know, he really realizes now what he can do in there, you know, and he was really, um, you know, learning a lot too because he wasn't, um, he didn't have a ton of fights at uh, the moment we fought, but he's, he's still the same guy, you know, he's still the same fighter, simple, but he, he got a lot better. Um, I didn't kick as much as I do now, you know, I, I use my kicks a lot more to keep people at distance, you know, my stance has completely changed, especially since, you know, coming over to train here in Florida with Henry Hoog and Greg Jones. Um, you know, I, I just think that you know, when I look at the rankings and I look at all the guys, you know, ahead of me and below Stipe, I am I am one of the hardest matchups for him. You know, I believe that with my skill set, I will give him the toughest challenge in his division. That's really how I feel. Yeah. Well, again, not to mention having a victory over him, but you're a tough matchup for anybody in this division. But staying with Stipe here, give us your thoughts on him as a champion. And, you know, do you think he'll be able to continue to break this record uh, title defenses at heavyweight before facing yourself? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know what I said, I, I um, this division has changed, and uh, a lot of people aren't um, performing the way they used to perform. And I believe that he's clean. He's been clean his entire career. Um, he's a true athlete. He's uh, he's a great human being too. So you should should be proud to have a champion like him, man. Like, and I wish him all the best too. Like, he's a great guy. So uh, I don't see a lot of people beating him, to be honest. But I, I really truly believe that I got the skill set to do it. You know, I think I can stop his takedowns um, with uh, all the the work I put in uh, in here in South Florida. And I believe that when we're on our feet, you know, he's got a, a very powerful punch, but. I believe, and I showed him that first fight, you know, I can deal with that, you know. Um, it was it was an all-out war, but since I've been using my uh, my reach more and more, I really believe that, you know, if I fight smart and um, just keep my distance and throw my kicks and, you know, then, then I see myself winning a fight. So, realistically, what are you thinking? One or two big, big performances for you? You'll be you'll be next in line for the title shot. I mean, how many fights do you think you're going to need to get back to that pinnacle? I you know like the, what I said. The first and most important thing is to get a big win September second True. and make it look impressive. And you know, see what happens in the division. There's a big fight a week after my fight with Dos Santos and Ngannou. Um, it's a very very interesting fight, of course, too. Um, and then for the rest, you know, like the last big matchup in the division was Bordum and Overeem, but, you know, nobody deserves a title shot with that fight, whoever won, because Overeem got the decision, but I didn't didn't really agree with that um, decision from the judges. Um, Cain Velasquez hasn't, hasn't fought in over over a year now, you know, his, his last fight was uh, Travis Brown, I believe, and, you know, everybody's seen uh, Travis Brown perform, you know, in his last fight, and his last bunch of fights that's not something that should earn you a title shot you know what i mean like it, we'll, we'll see how it plays out you know i think that the win i have over him is um is is very important and if i get another big win september 2nd i'm i'm getting very very close to where i need to be i think so when you see stuff about these rumors that stipe might potentially fight kane i mean that must not sit well with you at all um you know, if, if that's the fight they're going to make, like, the same thing happened kind of like with Dos Santos earlier this year. You know, like, I was going to fight him, and uh, he came off that win. Um, there wasn't a really uh, a very, um, what's the right word? There wasn't a challenger right there, like, a clear challenger yeah. coming out 
from the division. So they gave the fight to the Saunders because he came out with an impressive win. Um, you know, and he already beat him too. Same thing. Like if if I make, uh, you know, if I get another win, I already beat him too. You know, that same thing can happen. But Kane hasn't fought in in a long time. Who who even says that he's gonna make it to the fight? You know what I mean? Right. Like. We'll have to see what happens to the division. You have to take it fight by fight. And the only thing that matters for me right now is September 2nd, and then we'll see the state of the division because um, uh, there's a lot of things happening right now. For sure. And, listen, you've been more than generous with your time. I just have a couple more questions for you. Definitely going to get back to September 2nd here in just a moment. But I just wanted to change gears here for a bit. I wanted to talk to you strictly about striking just for a moment here. Yeah. Starting with kickboxing and, more specifically, Gokan Saki. He's definitely uh, a very exciting addition to the UFC roster. I'm wondering if you could give us your thoughts, you know, with your background and, you know, being a, a, a Dutch fighter. Uh, give us your thoughts on, on his addition to the UFC. How do you think he'll do? And, and should he have taken some more time to develop his grappling? Um, I think so, but I got no idea how, how and what he's been training the last couple of years. But as far as I know, he was... Uh, the beginning of this year, he was still like campaigning to fight Rico Verhoeven, so I don't think he was grappling at that point. Um, you know, uh, his style could work very well for MMA, but there's also a thing why, why I why I think he needs to, um, you know, really take some time to change his striking because he really likes to work from a um, a closed guard in kickboxing. He lets guys, um, you know, hit him on his his guard. He has always got his his hands close to his head. Um, and that, that's an invitation to, you know, shoot for a double or throw big shots. In MMA, it, it doesn't work that way. You cannot, you know, have your, your hands up like that. You always have to have, have your hands up like that, of course, but you need to move way more. Yeah. Um, a reason why I think he could be really good for MMA is because he's so explosive, you know. There's, like, uh, very few guys in MMA that, that are as fast as he is, you know, and especially with those small gloves, it only takes one, you know, and... Um, People will have a hard time blocking his kicks, too, and he kicks from everywhere, you know, spinning back kicks, high kicks, low kicks. So, um, yeah, it's, right now, it's a big question mark for me. So, I'm looking forward to his debut, and uh, I wish him the best because I like Gokan. Gokan's a good dude, so I hope he can pull it up. Yeah, me too, and I mean, that, that again, that's one of those additions to the roster that really made my jaw drop. Um, but secondly here, let's talk about boxing, J- just briefly. Uh, of course, we all, the whole world knows that Connor's going to fight Floyd. They'll be thrown down August August 26th. What's your take on the spectacle? Is it exactly that, or does Connor stand a chance? And does this hurt boxing or MMA, in your opinion? Um, it's a spectacle for sure. You know, I think everybody's looking forward to it. And the reason uh, of that is because it's two of the very best uh, combat sports athletes fighting each other. Um, but you know, there's a big, uh, a big difference uh, in, in like a, from a normal boxing match because Conor hasn't ever boxed. You know, he's he's maybe the guy in MMA with the best timing, with like the best left hand um, being a southpaw. But I, um, I think he's uh, he doesn't stand much of a chance. But because there's a very small chance that he could pull it off, that's the reason why people are going to tune in. So. And and do you, I mean, do you think win or lose for either guy does it hurt either sport? No, why would it? Like, well, of course, if he knocks Floyd out, it would hurt boxing quite a bit. But um, no, I don't see it really like hurting MMA. Well, what's Floyd's gonna say? 
MMA sucks. Step <laughs> into the cage and see what happens. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's, uh, it's man, every every single fighter in MMA would take a fight like that. I don't care. You can you can put me up against uh, what's his name, Anthony Joshua. I'm gonna get my ass knocked out. I don't care if I'm gonna make a hundred million. I'm gonna make a hundred million. You know? Yeah. So I'll just try my best to to stay upright for one round, but probably not gonna make it. But still, you know, it's a completely different sport. Simple as that. Absolutely. And in that same regard, Anthony Joshua steps in, into your realm. He's going to have a long night as well. Uh, but listen. Yeah, I think I think, I think think he's uh, he's going to have a hard time protecting his neck, you know. But those are things that, you know, like why, why should we even, you know, this Connor and Floyd fight is the only reason why a discussion like this is going to happen again. We've seen boxers come into MMA before and that doesn't work. Um, now we're going to see one of the best MMA fighters with, you know, maybe the best hands, um, best timing in MMA going into boxing. It's fun, but I don't see him pulling it off. I don't see him landing a big shot in the fight. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a tough road for him, but certainly we'll all be tuning in. That's for sure. Uh, but getting back to September 2nd in Rotterdam. Assuming you come out of this fight unscathed, how quickly would you like to jump back in there? And is there any date or card in particular that you'll be eyeing, uh, you know, assuming that you come out uninjured? Um, any date of, no, nah, like, we're just going to have, like, the three-month time frame probably for my next fight. But, you know, if anything happens in the division and, like, a, an interesting fight opens up, uh, I'll make sure I'm ready to uh, to jump in there if, if needed. Um, for the rest, you know what I said. We'll see how everything plays out. There's a couple fights, interesting fights coming up. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm just gonna make sure I'm uh, I'm, I'm getting impressive win September second. I'm uh, I'm going into that case to finish like I always do, and um, I am going to make sure that my home crowd is entertained September second. So, just to just to wrap up with this. How do you visualize the fight playing out? How do you see your hand getting raised? Another slick submission, some good old Dutch kickboxing for the knockout. When you visualize it in your mind, how do you see this fight unfolding? Well, it's two very tall guys meeting in the middle, and it's going to be a little bit of a chess match. But, um, you know, he um, he likes to hang back a little bit now and then. Uh, and a lot of guys can't reach his chin then because they're not, you know, tall enough. They don't have the reach. I do have that, you know. So it's going to start off feeling out a little bit, but then I'm going to chase him down, cutting up the cage. Then I'm, going to cut it, uh, then I'm going to catch him with something, rock him. He's going to end up on the floor. I'm going to take him down, and I'm going to I'm either, either finish him. If I catch him on the feet, you know, I'll finish him there. Or if we go to the ground, I'm going to submit him. Simple as that. All right, so for all the skyscraper fans out there, what can we expect from you going forward, and, and will we see you compete for gold in 2018? Yeah, for sure. That's that's the goal, man. 2018. I'm not sure if it's gonna, you know, happen, whatever. But you know, the goal is to compete for the gold, of course. Um, I believe I got a really good shot. The vision is old. A lot of people are not performing at the level they used to perform anymore. And um, you know, like always, my fans know what to, uh, you know, what they can expect when I go into that cage. I had a couple rough years, but I'm fully back now and. It's going to be a spectacle every single time I go in there. I'm going in for the kill. You know, I got three decisions in 40 pro fights, and uh, I plan to keep it at three decisions for the rest of my career. All right, my friend. Certainly looking forward to the fight. All that the future has in store for you and coming into your own. Uh, absolutely appreciate the time tonight. And, uh, again, looking forward to September 2nd. Any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go? 
Uh, I think I think I got everything out I wanted to say, but you know, thank you to everybody for always supporting me through uh, thick and thin, and uh, yeah, man, I really appreciate that. So, and thank you guys for having me on, as always. All right, my friend, you have a good evening, and uh, kick ass on the second. Thank you, will it? All right, bud. All right, Penn Nation, we are now joined by one of the men featured at UFC 214 this weekend in Anaheim, number five light heavyweight in the world. Of course, I'm talking about Volkan Ozdemir. Volkan, welcome back to the show. Pleasure to speak with you as always. You just arrived in California, is that correct? Yeah, like right now I just finished doing the paperwork with the UFC and I'm just arriving in the room and I'm ready for you. <laughs> well... I know Fight Week is always very hectic for you guys, so as I mentioned before, we greatly appreciate your time. Uh, so the hard work is done. You're just days away from the biggest fight of your career. How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling good. I mean, uh, uh, my weight is good and my everything is good. My mental is perfect like always, and um, I just can't wait to be, to be fighting on Saturday. How has training camp been so far? How is the weight right now? I'd imagine everything is going pretty smoothly. Yeah, anyway, I do the well, you know, but it's going to be easily just. And the training camp was great. Um, I mean, I didn't take uh, too much break in between my last fight, my last camp. Uh, my last fight was for Misha. And uh, I just took a few days off in Switzerland. And then, I, you know, since I, I mean, I basically was talking about, you know, starting Manuel the same night as after I finished Misha. Then, uh, you know, it was already time to work. So, I mean, it's like a, a non-stop fight camp for me. Yeah, I was going to talk about the, the turnaround here. But before we get into that, last time we spoke, it was just before the Misha fight. Uh, you were able to take him out in only 28 seconds and continue taking this division by storm. Proceeded to call out Jimmy, and the UFC granted you that wish. How excited are you to go out there and finally perform against one of the elite on Saturday? I mean, uh, that fight with Misha was perfect, and uh, just like uh, just a part of my work, because now it's uh, it's Manuel that I have to face, and Manuel is ranked uh, number two right now, and number three. I don't know with the the, the, the coming back of John Jones, but uh, yeah, he's definitely one of the top, you know, guy in the division, and uh, he's been uh, at uh, at the top of the of the of the ranking for for a while now, and uh, and I'm just excited to to be fighting him. Now, as you talked about there, it's kind of been a one long training camp for you. We're almost exactly two months removed from the fight with Misha. Needless to say, very quick turnaround and another step up in competition. Uh, was this no another example of you just seizing an opportunity, or did you want to get back in there as fast as possible? Yeah, I mean, um, it's uh, it's something, you know, that, that was a really smart move because um, – Manuel was uh, had an open slot. He had no opponent. He was supposed to replace um, one of the challengers, you know, for the for the belt. If anything happened, so he was without opponent, and of course I wanted to fight him. So it turns out that I was fighting. Uh, I mean, uh, like exactly two months after my last fight, and uh, you know I was ready for it. He, he was fine for it. So, but of course it was a it was a huge opportunity because now I've, I think I've been fighting. It's going to be my third fight in six months in the UFC. Now, talking about the, the turnaround time here, uh, as you said, one long camp, 
you didn't take any damage in the last fight. It ended very quickly. But did you have to, like, tone it down for this camp, or was it just full steam ahead, hard work the whole time, or did you have to kind of dial it back at some points to not overtrain? Yeah, I definitely took, like, two weeks really slow. Um, I kept on moving around and I kept, kept on doing stuff, but I also had to do a lot of media and um, and uh, promotional work in Switzerland back home. So, so of course, I, I toned it down a little bit, but as soon as I arrived in uh, Florida, uh, I had like a full six weeks of camp, and I, those six weeks were like hell again. <laughs> so let's talk about Jimmy. As you said, this is only your third fight in the UFC. You're taking on what many people consider to be the number one contender, another big big step up in competition, as I mentioned, and yet another chance for you to steal the show and, and climb the ladder. Give us your thoughts on the stylistic matchup between both you guys and your confidence going into this one. I mean, this fight will be a really exciting fight because we're both in-range fighters. We like to bang. We don't like to give up position. And we're not trying to, to, you know, to run away and try to score points. So, it's, you know, it's just going to be a, a really good fight and an explosive fight. And uh, this is the kind of fight that's not going to go past the first or second round. And uh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go full power and I'm going to knock Jimmy out in the first round. Well, that's the official prediction, that's for sure. Uh, he, as you mentioned there, he's a, he's a tough guy, likes to go forward. You both like to strike. Dangerous striker. Doesn't really ever take the fight to the ground. Left hook, probably his deadliest weapon, presses forward, as I mentioned. That being said, will you be looking to mix it up against him, or are you going to test yourself standing and really try to make a big statement here? I mean, I'm a, I'm a st- st- stand-up guy, so I like to bang. Uh, but, I mean, as soon as, soon as I see an opportunity, I'm not going to waste it. You know, it's, uh, it's fighting. You know, if I wanted to do kickboxing, I would have stayed doing kickboxing or K1. So, you know, I did a, I did a few fights in kickboxing, you know, but uh, what I really like is MMA, so, of course, you know, the, the, the game is mixed. But uh, my, my goal in MMA is uh, to knock somebody out. So whether it's in, on the ground or on, the, on, the, on, on my feet, I'm just going to try to punch anyway. Now, we spoke about this last time we had you on the show, but it seems to be the, the, the real underlying theme for your, your UFC career so far, uh, that being your incredible rise to the top of the division, in less than six months, you know, you've climbed the rankings, set yourself up to be challenging for the title with just three fights, you know, going from relatively unknown to contender status like this. It's quite the story. Uh, did you ever imagine that things would progress this quickly? Does it still seem unreal to you at times? Yeah, I mean, it was really, really fast. It's an it's a, it's a unusual road, and uh, I'm just I'm just glad I took it because that's that's my goal, actually. I don't, I don't want to be like anybody else, or I don't want to, like, um, take easy fight or you know like uh, go the secure way. I, I really wanna, I really wanna prove something to the world. And I mean, I'm 27. I, I know I could have been to the UFC way before if I if I would have trained the proper way or fight the proper way. I, I know I I took so so long. You know I was waiting a long time before my next fight all the time, and I had some you know canceling issue. You know like dropping off of opponent injuries and stuff that. You know, kept me off fighting, and now it's you know just time to go. I mean, uh, I need I need to do I need to, to do something. You know, I need to prove something, and uh, and now is the time. Absolutely, take it as it comes, and and seize every opportunity in front of you. Um, I understand that you signed a, a new deal with the UFC. Is that correct? I'm wondering how happy are you with the terms, and how many fights on the new contract? 
Yeah, I'm really happy. I signed for a four-fight contract again. So um, it's just a renew, and uh, now since my you know my position you know improve a lot in the UFC, so we had to we had to review the contract for sure. All right, very good. Uh, you have also stated recently that a knockout over Manoa should allow you to skip over Alexander Gustafsson in line for the title shot. Uh, while it would be really hard to argue your accolades with a dominant win over Manoa, I feel like the big determining factor here is who wins the belt on Saturday. You know, if John wins, I, I would imagine that the UFC would be pretty eager to do the Gustafsson rematch. I'm wondering, would you agree with that? I mean, Gustafsson was there for a while, and he fought both of them. So it's going to be a rematch anyway, uh, whoever wins. But the only thing I'm scared of is if um, Cormier wins, then they're going to do a third matchup, uh, Jones and Cormier, and this is going to, you know, like... Um, push again, uh, I mean, hold the division for a while, but um, I got nothing in fighting uh, Gustafsson, you know, to know who's the real contender, but since um, Manuel is the one that is promised a shot at the title after that fight, my fight, uh, I know for a fact that if I knock him out really, really well, then I'll also get, I will have also get my credit to fight for the belt. Yeah, you steal his position with, with the dominant performance. I'm wondering, the main event, UFC 214, who are you picking for the rematch between Jones and DC? Do you think either guy has gotten into the other guy's head? And do you think uh, emotions will play a part in all of this? I mean, emotion definitely, because um, you can see, like, every each of them, like, think about the other one. When uh, when um, DC had the belt and, you know, John Jones was there watching his fights, he didn't even care about nobody else than, than Jones. And when Jones got the interim belt finding OSB, he, he, he just threw the belt away because he, you know, he said that's not the real belt. I want my belt back. So um, of course they that this is something personal for them. And I'm gonna go with uh, Jones because he's been away for two years, but I know he's been working hard because he's, uh, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a true champ. He's never gonna stop. And um, and uh, yes, you know, we don't we don't really know where he's at. But we know for sure he's a champ, so we, we he, he, you know, he, he might come come with some surprise moves, some, you know, nice new stuff. And DC has been fighting, you know, he, he, he fought really well against really tough guy, but I'm pretty sure, like, Jones um, studied him all, all this time, too. Very true, very true. Um, clearly the fight promotes itself, doesn't need much hype. You know, these guys really dislike each other, and, and that's pretty much that. However, DC seems to have focused some of his attention on your opponent in Jimmy Manoa. I'm wondering, do you think the champ should even be giving any attention to anything but John Jones at this point? I mean, you need to watch out about the competition, and I know Manoa and uh, DC has some thoughts. Um, but for sure, DC has a, has a really good, tough matchup against Jones first, and uh, yeah, this is pure bad blood between them, so, so we will see what's happening. So putting aside all the technicalities of, of number one contender spots and, and so forth, given the choice, which guy would you rather fight for the title? Who's a better matchup for you between Jones and Cormier? I want to fight Jones for sure. Now, that being mainly because he's the best guy in the world, that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, uh, Jones, uh, I've been watching Jones uh, since, I guess, when was his first fight I watched from him? I don't even know. I think... Before he got, before he fought Shogun, then I, you know, I've been watching him for sure, um, uh, nonstop. And I think the first fight I saw from him was the Stephen Bonner's fight. And um, 
And uh, and it was just amazing. It was different. It's different from everybody else. So that that's why you know, like you don't wanna you don't wanna have another opponent all the time. You know, you know, a little bit different, a little bit stuff. He's like um an um alien. You know, he's like different. He's, he he comes from a different background. Like not with the background, but he he comes. He does different stuff, and that's what's exciting. Exciting. Him. So because you you know, it's a challenge. You know, you gotta challenge yourself. You're not gonna find anybody else like any sparring partners to 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 reproduce his move or stuff like that. You you really got get to come prepare and you know you need to to start fresh with a fresh mind. You gotta be smart, you know, fighting. So that's a good challenge, and uh, you know I, I I'm driven by I'm driven by challenge. Absolutely, I know we've talked about that before. You know, having the odds stacked against you, the challenges before you, it's what really motivates you in the gym. Um, but speaking of the card. Best of the year so far, hard to argue. Three title fights, plenty of drama, awesome matchups. Uh, I think it says a lot about yourself and Jimmy that you guys will be kicking off the pay-per-view. Uh, but give us your thoughts on the card and what it means to be a, a part of such a big event. Uh, again, arguably the biggest card of the year. Yeah, I think uh, almost every guy at the top of the list will, could have been main event. Um, we have three title fights. And that's amazing. Um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's. I think it's a huge card for. It's, a, it's, a, it's been a, one of the biggest cards for for like the last two years, if I can remember. And I'm and I'm part of it, and I'm on the main card. That's that's amazing, you know. Um, but um, I really like you know the Robbie Lawler matchup too, because um, I really love Robbie Lawler, and now I'm training with him. And uh, he's been the champ, uh, you know, uh, his last fight, and now he took uh, I think like a year off. And he's just eager to come back uh, and fight, so I'm also excited to 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 watch that. And uh, Chris Cyborg, of course, she's a she's a ferocious striker, and uh, I think one of the best or the best pound for pound um, female fighter in the world. And um, yeah, I mean, Woodley and Maya will be interesting too. So I mean, the card is amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned Robbie Lawler there. Sounds like he has found a home at Combat Club. Is is that his new official training location? Or like last I had heard, it was kind of up in the air. But it sounds like uh, he's made that his home. I think he feels good right now. Um, we fit uh, the, we fit really good the team, really good the team and him, you know. So um, and he's bringing a lot of of plus also in the team because uh, he's a really cool guy. He doesn't injure people. He's a he's a, he's a really nice, also genuine guy person so so it's a it's a really a, having Robbie is a plus for everybody so um, I really hope he's gonna stick because uh, everybody likes him over there yeah so getting back to Manoa assuming you go in there get the impressive finish as planned will you immediately be calling out the winner of the main event will that be the only fight that you'll be really interested in moving forward yeah I mean uh, that, that's my goal since the first fight I wanna I wanna I wanna fight for the belt so uh, that so, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, sorry. Um, somebody called me at the same time. You hit. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, uh, th- that being said, uh, will you take a fight maybe that guarantees you the number one contender spot, or will you sit out and wait until you, they give you the shot at the belt? I mean, it depends about who's going to be the winner at, um, that night. Um, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Jones, and um, hopefully I'm going to be going to be fighting John Jones after that fight. Okay. Now, you've put in a lot of work in the past several months. I'm wondering, will you be looking to take a little time off? Are you going to get right back into it, get right back into camp? Are you planning to fight again before the winter? 
I want to fight before the winter for sure. Uh, one more time before the week, uh, before the end of the year. Uh, and the time off, I mean, I, I guess it's a regular time off. I, I do need time off after that fight, but it's going to be like two, two weeks, maybe uh, doing promo stuff, you know, in my country or maybe a little bit a week of, of traveling. And that's it. You know, I want to be back at, at training because I have something to I have something to accomplish here. Okay. So you kind of gave us the official prediction earlier, first round knockout. I guess just reiterate that. How do you visualize it all unfolding for you? The fight is going to be is going to be a full power since the beginning. Uh, we both going to strike really hard, and uh, and um, I'm going to be the, the the most pressuring guy, and I'm going to get the knockout from that. All right. If you could say anything to Jimmy as the fight draws near, what would it be? I mean, I'm sorry for you, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So listen, you've been more than generous with your time. I guess in conclusion, what can all the Volcom fans expect on Saturday, and will we see you with the belt? going into 2018 yeah that's that's something for sure though. so we're going to see fireworks and um, i'm going to have a, a, a shot at the belt after that fight awesome volcon greatly appreciated looking forward to the fight on saturday uh best of luck and and what the future has in store for you any shout outs you'd like to get in before we let you go i mean you can just join my 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 page on uh, instagram and uh, youtube also so i got a youtube channel you can follow my my fight camp in here, you know, I got some cool video in here, and, uh, you know, just, you know, have a, have a look. All right, very good. Thanks again, sir. Kick some ass on Saturday, and uh, we'll certainly be, be looking to hook up afterwards. And, uh, again, best of luck, man. Cool. Thank you, Jason. I All appreciate it. Right. Have a good day. You too. Oh, 
Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. 
Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.